أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم على حديث السابع عشر أن أبي على شداد ابن أوس رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله كتب الإحسان على كل شيء فإذا قتلتم فأحسنوا القتلة وإذا ذبحتم فأحسنوا الذبحة وليحد أحدكم مشافرته وليره ذبيحته رواه مسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد This is hadith number 17 of the 50 ahadith of the Arba'ina al-Nawawiyya This hadith is reported by Shaddad ibn Aws radiyallahu anhu that's correct isn't it naam he says rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said inna allaha kataba al-ihsana ala kulli shay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written ihsan or being charitable ala kulli shay on everything charity ihsan the meaning of kataba changes according to the context in, it, in which it's used in the hadith and also in the Quran. Sometimes kataba comes in the Quran to mean qadar. That is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided. Kataba Allahu Allah wrote, La aghli banna ana wa rusuli. We're going to be victorious. Me and my messengers. This type of kataba is called kitaba al-kawni. Kitaba al-kawni. Something which Allah has written and it has to be like that. It's like qadar. Or we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote that such shall happen in such a manner. This kind of kitaba is called al-kawni. There is a second type of kitaba which is called al-shari'i. Please memorize these terms. Al-kitaba to al-shari'iya, it means something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written and made compulsory, but some people may do it and some people may not do it. For example, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ All you who believe, fasting has been written for you. What kind of kitaba is this? Is this kawni or shari'i? This is shari'i. It means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered you to fast. It does not mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it qadar that you will fast. Because some people will fast and others may not fast. So the kataba huna is what type of kataba? If you asked the hadith, Inna allaha kataba al-ihsan ala kulli shay. I like the topi, mashallah. It's, it's a nice one. <laughs> Naam. It's nice, alhamdulillah. No, 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 no. 
No. <laughs> so here, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Inna Allah katabal ihsana ala kulli shay. Allah has written ihsan on everything. I want someone to tell me what kind of kitaba this is. Is this kitaba kauniya or shari'iya? This is shari'iya. Inna Allah katab al-ihsan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that you should be charitable ala kulli shay in everything. Allah wants you to be charitable. But the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives an example. Being charitable is in everything. Everything that we do as Muslims, we're supposed to be charitable. But Allah, rather the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives an example. فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ Therefore when you kill, فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَى You must kill properly. وَإِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ And when you slaughter, فَأَحْسِنُوا الذِّبْحَى You must slaughter nicely. There's a difference between killing and slaughtering. I want to hear from you what is the difference between killing and slaughtering. Uh, if you, yeah, ma'am. Uh, killing in this case is the, the killing that must be done in accordance with the Sharia. And the slaughtering is when you are slaughtering the livestock. Okay, so uh, what is the difference? Uh, this livestock, is that not killing it? It's also killing, yeah, but... Uh, we kill it, not so. <laughs> Maybe somebody should help. <laughs> what do you think? What is the difference between killing and slaughtering? I think to slaughter is when you do it according to the Sharia, and then when you kill, it's just uh, when you don't follow the Sharia. But he's saying when you kill, kill nicely. And when you slaughter, slaughter nicely. Which means both of them are according to the Sharia. When you kill, you kill nicely. When you slaughter, you also slaughter nicely. Let that for yeah. now. Uh, uh, I mean killing, uh, uh, like uh, you go to, to hunt here. In the, in the jungle or killing something is not a killing okay. something. So, so he said when you go to the bush, uh, he, killing. if you kill in uh, the bush, guardian. that's killing. Uh -huh. When you do it at home, it's called slaughter. Uh, no, uh, to, 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 to get a knife, that's uh, to, to that. Okay. But, but even with a knife, that's killing, isn't it? It's killing, yes. Yeah, but Rasulullah yes. has used two different phrases, killing and slaughtering. Maybe killing in this case is when a human being is being killed with, uh, in, in accordance with the Sharia. And the slaughtering, which is also killing, is specifically for the livestock. Close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Uh, uh, anyone? Killing. Uh, no, the difference in the hadith. Rasulullah says, when you kill, kill nicely. And when you slaughter, slaughter nicely. What's the difference between killing and slaughtering? I think he's killing like uh, someone who's hunting. He okay. had a gun when he shoot a when animal. Uh, animal. He must shoot nicely. Yeah, when he shoot, now the animal is going to die. But he's supposed to come and seal it, to, to use a knife and to kill before 
Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Papa has a different opinion. Now, even a mad dog when coming to you, you want to bite him. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Jazakallah khairan. In killing, killing does not necessarily mean you're going to eat what you kill. Sometimes you kill something and you, you don't want to eat it. For example, you don't slaughter a mad dog. You, you kill it. You don't slaughter a snake. You kill it. Rasulullah said five things should be killed, even in the state of ihram. And he mentioned sallallahu a snake. Even in the state of ihram, when a snake wants to bite you, you have to kill it. And Rasulullah uh, mentions al-aqrab, the scorpion, that has to be killed, even in salah. Then Rasulullah mentions the ghurab. You know a ghurab? The crow. That bird, it has black and white. Yeah, the crow. It has to be killed. Then Rasulullah mentions uh, a mad dog. Yeah, even in the state of Ihram, a mad dog has to be killed. And Rasulullah mentions rats. The rats found in the house, those have to be killed. So when Rasulullah says, فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَ When you kill something, you must kill it properly. He means the things you don't intend to eat. When you kill them, even those have to be killed properly. How are they killed properly? One blow and it should die. Do not let it suffer. Yeah, one time, the quickest way to kill it. It's a right, a right quite a right, but you don't have to make it suffer. You have to kill it quickly. إِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَةِ A mad dog, I've seen some people uh, getting the dog, tying it to a tree, and then beginning to stone it until it dies. That's, that's not the right way to do it. Rasulullah said, إِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ When you kill, فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَةِ You must kill properly. Kill it quickly. If it's possible to shoot it so that it dies one time, that's the best way to, to, to kill it. So al-aqrab, a snake, whatever it is, something that harms us, when we kill it, still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala katab al-ihsan. Allah has written that you should be charitable even when you kill. And he mentioned, you're the one who mentioned qisas, Killing uh, in Qisas, you also have to be charitable. He's a criminal, quite right, but he has to be killed in the quickest way possible so that he does not suffer. That's why Qisas in the Islamic countries, someone who killed someone else, how's he killed? With a sword. It's the quickest way possible because with a sword, it's one, one strike and the head falls off. Uh, you saw in, in Saudi. One stroke. That's true. It's one stroke. So, فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَى You have to kill very quickly. وَإِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ And when you slaughter, now we come to something you're going to eat. You, you see the difference now? This qitla, this killing, is just about anything that has to be gotten rid of. Mad dogs and other such things, we have to kill them 
in order to, to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves. We cannot say we're very merciful, so let the snakes run and let the, the, the rats run around the house. That's, that's not being merciful. Rats can bring diseases. In fact, Rasulullah says, Rasulullah says, if a rat falls into your food, and your food is some kind of food that has soup or anything like that, you have to throw away the food. Because the rat brings disease, and it has to be killed. But, when you kill it, You've seen several people, sometimes they, they pour some uh, paraffin on the, on the rat and then set it on fire and let it run around. That's, that's criminal. إِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ when you kill, فَأَحْسِنُوا الْقِتْلَى Kill quickly. وَإِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ And when you slaughter goats or sheep or cows, فَأَحْسِنُوا الذِّبْحَةَ You must slaughter in a good manner, in a quick manner, in a charitable manner. وَلْيُحِدَّ أَحَدُكُمْ شَفْرَتَهُ One of you should sharpen his knife. Make sure it's very, very sharp. To make sure that the thing he's slaughtering does not suffer. It has to die quickly. When they say sharpen your knife, it's haram to sharpen the knife in front of the animal. That's torture. You know, animals know when you're going to slaughter them. They also have some experience. They've seen it before. So when you get your knife and start sharpening in front of, of the goat that you've, you've tied up, it knows this is it. If you must sharpen it, sharpen it somewhere else. Grab it quickly, lay it on the ground, cut as quickly as you can. In order for him to give uh, uh, rest to the animal that he is slaughtering. This is only an example of Ihsan. Ihsan, being charitable, is not just about animals. Being charitable is wide. That's why the Messenger Sallallahu said, Katabal ihsana ala kulli shay. On everything. Including a mad dog. Yes, a mad dog also needs ihsan. You're very familiar with the story of the lady um, who was Akramakumullah a prostitute? She never did anything good in, in her life. All she knew was prostitution from among the children of Israel. Then she went to a certain well and she was thirsty. So she got some water from the well and drank. <coughs> then after that, she observed that there was a dog. The dog was eating soil because it was too thirsty and it could not reach the water in the well. So this lady decided to use her shoe, her own shoe, to draw water for the dog to drink. The dog drank and when she died, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave her all her sins and took her to paradise. For being charitable to Akramakumullah, one of the lowest animals, a dog. Charity to a dog, and Allah sent her to paradise. 
What about someone who is charitable, not to a dog, but to a fellow human being? She gives water to a dog, and she goes to Jannah. What about a man who gives water to a fellow human being? Or what about a man who gives water, rather food, to a fellow human being? And this lady only drew some water from the well to give the dog and went to paradise. What about the one who dug the well? The one who sunk the well in order for people and animals to, to drink from. It's an act of charity. It's Ihsan being charitable. You also remember the story of the monk the one who worshipped Allah for more than 70 years, away from the people, concentrating on Allah's worship, remembering Allah, 70 years. He would only come out sometimes in order to buy food. Then he goes back into the jungle to worship Allah. So one time he comes to the village and he falls into fitna. He sees a lady. And after looking at the lady, he falls in love with, with the lady. And spends one week with the lady in ma'asuya, in disobedience, in zina, akramakumullah. Then after that, he realizes what he did was wrong. After spending 70 years in worship, only to spoil it with one week with a prostitute, akramakumullah. So he decides he's going to repent to Allah. And the way he's going to repent would be, he would go into the jungle and prostrate to Allah every couple of meters. He did not even carry any provisions with him. He wanted Allah to forgive him and he kept going. He didn't know where he was going. Until he reached a stage where he felt his legs could not carry him any longer. He was very, very tired. And he was hungry and thirsty. Then he comes across a group of people. And these people are masakin, poor people. And they have someone who feeds them every day. He gives them bread to eat. So he joins them. He thinks, this is my survival. At least I will have something to eat. What he didn't know was that the loaves of bread or the pieces of bread were counted. There were about 12 or 13 masakin. And the man who brought the bread only brought five, uh, uh, one, 13 or 12 pieces of bread. So this man is there, disguised as one of the masakin, and he, great, he gets one piece of bread. Then after that, one miskin stands up and says, I didn't get mine. He says, no, we brought the usual number. He says, but where is mine? For the man, this is his survival. If you were in his shoes, or if I was in his shoes, I would eat it very quickly before they start searching. But he knew it was not his. So he says, sorry, I'm the extra man. I don't deserve this bread. So he gives it back to the owner. And he dies of hunger. When he dies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets his 70 years of worship in the, in the jungle. 
and weighs it against the one week of Zina. The one week of Zina is heavier than the 70 years of worship. So I was saying the one week of Zina is weighed against his 70 years of worship and the one week of Zina is heavier than the 70 years of worship. It outweighs it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala weighs the one loaf of bread that he gave away with the one week of Zina and the loaf of bread is heavier than one week of zina, and he goes to paradise. What it means is that some charitable acts may look very, very small, but they may be so heavy in the scale of good deeds. It's a small act of charity, such as a bottle of water. You pay it no attention. You think this is obviously nothing. You spend how much, how much money does one spend on, on a bottle of water? Two kwacha, maybe three kwacha. You look at it, you think this is nothing, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala weighs it against your sins, it could just be the thing that takes you to paradise. This hadith I told you was narrated by Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, radiallahu anhu, when he was dying. He told his children this story for a reason. He said to them in the end, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئاً do not look down upon any act of charity. Even the smallest act of charity, such as giving up a piece of bread, it saved the monk. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written ihsan on everything. And the Messenger وسلم, gives an example of al-dhabh. One would think, what, what difference can that make on the Day of Judgment? The way you slaughter a goat, or the way you slaughter your sheep or cow, what difference does it make? It's an act of charity to the animal. You slaughter it quickly. It's ihsan. And it will be heavy in your mizan, in your scale of good deeds. We are also familiar with the lady that went to the hellfire because of a cut. A simple cut. She got the cut and put it in a cage and did not give it food. On its own, the cat is able to go out and look for its own food, but you arrest it and put it in a cage, and the cat is not able to go out and find food. That is punishment, isn't it? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took her to Jahannam for being cruel to a cat. So al-ihsan, being charitable, is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to do. And this being charitable is on everything, including a criminal. A criminal who's on death row. He's supposed to die, we're supposed to kill him. But he says, yes. Even if he's a criminal, when you kill him, you must kill him properly. With dignity. And he must die quickly. A mad dog. A mad dog kills people, yes. When you kill it, you must kill it properly. 
It must be killed at once so that it does not have to suffer. Some of you will be asking me, you will be thinking, but what about the punishment of Ezani? Because Ezani al-Mahsan is supposed to be stoned to death. So are we not supposed to, to kill him quickly, like with a sword, or maybe shoot him so that he doesn't have to suffer according to the hadith? I'll respond to you by saying, Ihsan is everything that Allah has ordered. Ihsan is following what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered. In respect of Azani al-Muhsan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered that he should be killed in a particular way and killing him in that way is Ihsan. And the scholars said the logic in killing Azani al-Muhsan in such a manner, stoning him to death, is that actually the whole body is involved in this ma'asiyah. When he commits this ma'asiyah, the entire body is involved. The pleasure of this ma'asiyah is for the whole body. So in the same way that the whole body was involved in this ma'asiyah, the whole body is involved in punishment. Azan al-Muhsan. And also someone who kills someone and makes a demonstration of, of their killing. For example, someone who kills a person and removes their eyes and cuts out their tongue and removes their ears. You know what happens to such a person when you kill him? You do the same to him. For him, لا يستحق. He does not deserve وَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَ There were some people who killed someone and removed, pulled out his eyes and cut some parts of his body and the Messenger said that they be killed and the same be done to them. And there was a Jewish man who killed his slave girl by hammering her with a stone, breaking her head with, with a stone. You know, such people have to be taught a lesson. And the Messenger ordered that he be killed in the same manner. So this is different. For uh, punishment, which is prescribed by the Sharia, when we follow what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has showed us, or the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us to do, that in itself is ihsan. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Inna Allah kataba al-ihsana ala kulli shay' fa'idha qataltum fa'ahsinu al-qitla wa'idha dhabahtum fa'ahsinu al-dhubha wal-yuhidda ahadukum shafratahu wal-yurih dhabihatahu wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Unless there is a question or two, we will take them. In, in the amount of uh, slaughtering chickens, is there a limit in one's life? Like, as you... Yes. No, in one's life. Because uh, my family seems to take advantage because I'm the only one that slaughters things at home. So every, I've killed a thousand, I don't know if it's a million chickens, and it's now getting to me. Is there a limit that I can get out of slaughtering chickens at home? Well, you, you don't feel comfortable. Not anymore. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, I think if I understood your question, you mean um, you, you, you don't feel comfortable that you've killed so many chickens. You, you feel like a murderer, uh, that they always have to ask you to slaughter the chickens. It's different uh, from killing something or murdering someone because this is something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sakhara lakum, something Allah gave you and something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked you to benefit from. So when you do it, as opposed to being a sin, it's an act of ibadah. Because this is food. By killing the chickens, you are also involved in feeding the family. So it's a noble act, something you're supposed to be proud of. This is food. This is ibadah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sakhara made available these things so that we can benefit from them. There is no shame in wearing leather shoes. Don't feel guilty wearing leather shoes. Yeah, we're wearing the skins of animals. We killed them and we're cruel. There's nothing like that. Allah sakhara made available these things so that we can get this kind of khidmah from them. Do you feel like a criminal wearing a leather jacket? You don't feel like a criminal. That should feel more criminal. Kill an animal, then remove the skin and even start wearing it. We're not supposed to feel guilty because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sakhara made these things available and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us express permission. That's why on the day of Eid al-Adha, slaughtering is an act of worship. Allah has ordered us to slaughter on Eid al-Adha. It's an act of worship. Why? Because uh, an animal is wealth. And we are parting with our wealth for the sake of Allah and we, we should be proud of that. It's, it's an act of worship. Naam. So just, just continue killing them. There's, there's no problem whatsoever. Insha'Allah.